wrap up our group-by-group previews of next week's World Cup. We're going to dive right in to the World Cup's most interesting group, Group H. Colombia, Japan, Poland, and Senegal make up this, I think it's fair to say, wide-open group. You can take any combination of these four teams and you can see a pretty realistic scenario I don't know about any and, combination. No, I think there's a pretty realistic scenario for like any no, like combination. Colombia are getting out of the group. That's like pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, but I'm just saying. The other you know, three, they can fight for that last There's spot. like a there's a terrible James Rodriguez injury. No, 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 no. no, they, no, no. They, they get a fine. red card. They're fine. They get a red card to Falcao in the first game that sees him they miss the They got Carlos the next Baca on the bench. Yeah, he's not the same player. Whatever. Okay, this is what this pod is for. I'm just saying, when this group, when all the groups were released, I looked at this one and just went, Oh wow, this is this is a wide open group and I can't wait for every single game in this yeah, group. Yeah, this group's going to be really it's, fun to watch. Know, unlike the previous group we previewed where there's uh, only really one game, Belgium versus England that you have to really really make sure you're uh, you're watching and pretty it's pretty safe to say every single one of these games is going to be very hotly contested and will mean so much more to these teams than some of these other groups where there's really two main contenders, and the uh, the other two teams are sort of happy to be there. We're going to start right off the bat with the group favorites, as you mentioned, Colombia. Uh, they're making their sixth World Cup appearance. Their manager is Jose Peckerman. They're led by previous Golden Boot winner at the last World Cup, uh, James Rodriguez. Plenty of other very talented players in this lineup. As, as you mentioned, they are both yours and mine uh, picked to win this group. They obviously had a very good tournament last time around. Uh, getting all the way to the quarterfinals right. before losing to Brazil, obviously in Brazil. What are your, th- your thoughts on Colombia in terms of where where their team is at compared to four years ago? Where uh, They obviously qualified uh, out of South America. They uh, drew with Peru on the last day of qualifying. Uh, but they they needed that draw to get through. They were very much like their qualification status was up in the air too, as it was for Uruguay and Chile and plenty of other teams in South America. Yeah, was, it, tur- it like, turned out that they actually didn't need that point because Chile lost in okay. Brazil. But during the they, game, but it they felt like. but they were safe with a point. Like they were a hundred percent through with a point. Um, but, whereas if they lost that game, they weren't a hundred percent through. So our Colombian fans and uh, followers of the team in general are they were they happy with that qualification campaign? Do they feel good about yeah, uh, themselves I mean, going to this that tournament? That was that was the this year. This qualification was the hardest that it's ever been in South America. It's there's never been this much competition um, where two good teams who you know are better than at least a dozen teams in this World Cup. You know, Chile and Paraguay were both. Um, you know, very good. Um, and they didn't. They they both had you know twenty. Chile had twenty and, and twenty ended up missing out. Ended up missing out with with a with really high point point totals. You know, um, and I think that this team they they kind of stumbled over the line at the end in, in South American qualifying. They started off really really well. Um, you know, and got big results. Um, they they mostly were going off their home form. They uh they were extremely hard to beat at home and. Um, you know they kind of stumbled. They drew. Uh, they drew Brazil um, at the end of the line, and um, their big result was uh, beating Ecuador in Quito, and that kind of was what was able to like push them over the line. But I think that this team, you know, they 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 were a little bit underwhelming. Um, 
you know, like I said at the end, and I think that they had some some pretty horrible results during qualifying, uh, like losing to Paraguay, losing to Argentina 3-0, uh, losing to Paraguay at home. And, you know, they, like you said, they, they made it hard for themselves in the end. And I think while I think they're going to get out of this group, I think that this team, um, you know, there, there's a lot of young, good mix of talent and uh, of like youth and experience. And, you know, this is this is one of their golden generations, if not their golden generation. So they're they're going to have to make the most of it. You know, this this team's going to be, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably make the next World Cup. Um, and then after that, they'll probably keep making it because, like you said, you know, it's going to expand to more teams. Um but yeah, I would watch out. I, I'd, I'd say a quarterfinal appearance would be really good for them. And it seems like a pretty there's a there's a well placed road ahead for them, where this group is difficult, but they are pr- probably the most talented team and probably the favorites to finish first. If they do finish first, it's likely they would play England. Uh, if England finish second in their group, that would be their first game, knockout yeah. first knockout game. That be would be a fun game to watch. Uh, you'd probably favor Colombia in that game. And from there, there's a whole combination of teams they could get in the quarterfinals. You know, there's there's not the worst chance of them getting to a semifinal, maybe even thinking they can have a chance at winning the trophy. I'm not, I'm not going to predict that. I'm saying if you're a Colombian, the path doesn't look that difficult. It's not like you've got like one of these world powers waiting for you as soon as you get out of your, your, your group. Shout out to England, by the way. Some other notable names in this team. David Ospina, their goalkeeper, plays for Arsenal. He uh, helped gift Peru their uh, their World Cup berth. Yeah, shout out to... I had to, had to yeah, mention what a, him. What a, what a lad. The man, the Love myth, the, the legend, David Ospina. Thanks, thanks Thank again. you for that own goal, David. Uh, their center backs, they can choose between Davidson Sanchez of Tottenham, very bright young center back prospect. Uh, also, Yeri Mina from Barcelona who started getting a few more games at the end of the season. Didn't look too impressive. Those but. are usually the two starters for them. Um, both, you know, Mina's actually a huge guy. Um, Sanchez is no slouch either. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they've got a really powerful, strong back line. Uh, Frank Fabra as well, who plays for Boca Juniors. She's their left back. And they, um, defensively, they're actually pretty solid. They... Outside of that one Argentina game where they conceded three goals, they you know they normally would only concede you know one goal or zero in qualifying, and they were really they were really hard to break down. And James Rodriguez, like you mentioned, I mean he's there, he's everything to them. They play everything through him, and he's their link from the midfield to attack. He play you know comes in from deep, he scores goals, he gets assists, um, and he seemingly you know gets a huge boost every time he puts on the jersey. So I have a huge hankering for Falcao to finally get his chance in the limelight at a World Cup. Because going to the last World Cup, he was coming off of that that knee injury. Yeah, he didn't. He came back into the Columbia setup for a few of the friendly games before, but he couldn't quite work himself into fitness. They ended up going with the likes of... Baca just started the whole tournament. Like Carlos Baca, also yeah. Jackson Martinez was still right. was having a very Martinez. good season yeah. for uh, Porto at the time and was a bright prospect to some people. So Falcao didn't really get his moment then. And obviously that was like the breakout tournament for James Rodriguez, got him his move to Real Madrid. Plenty of people knew about him before, but he announced himself really on the world stage there. I just, I, I really would have liked to have seen James have that kind of performance with like a fully fit, fully healthy, uh, firing on all cylinders Falcao, because he's been one of Monaco's best players, one of their three or four best players these last two seasons in very attacking teams. And... With the likes of Hamas Rodriguez 
Luis Muriel from Sevilla, another very creative, pacey, uh, tricky forward. Those t- those two players playing next to Falcao in a front three is there's a, there's a lot to like about that. I think Cuadrado starts as well. Cuadrado, but he they, they sometimes play uh, with wingbacks, and he starts out as a in a wingback right. role. He very he rarely right plays wingback. as an yeah. actual like right attacking winger in a right. front three. Right. Cuadrado is another interesting uh, factor to to introduce. But as much as I like, I, I big talk them about having a nice path to success at this World Cup. Uh, the rest of this group still worries me slightly. You know, just one poor result, either like the in the first game or something, can derail yeah. a lot of good things that you have going for a certain team. So I don't want to get too like too high on Colombia because you know it's been it, it it was at the end of the day it was just one good World Cup. They haven't really had too many great appearances or great showings in Copa Americas since then. It's uh it's really one World Cup in South America. With basically their entire fan base uh, cheering them on at every single game in Brazil, they're going to be a long, long way from home in this tournament. It's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to a very different environment. Moving on to Japan, it's their sixth World Cup appearance. Their manager is Akira Nishino. Uh, notable players include former Manchester United and current Borussia Dortmund uh, number ten Shinji Kagawa. There is also Shinji Okazaki, the center forward from Leicester City, who uh, was such a, a big part of their league title win. Uh, Maya Yoshida from Southampton is one of their center backs. Uh, and then another name you all may recognize is Yuto Nagatomo, left back for Galatasaray, who played many years in Serie A for, I think, AC Milan and Inter Milan. He's a nice little pacey uh, left back for them. Just went over the 100 cap mark a few uh, a few months ago playing for Japan. Japan are an interesting side where you can say this probably of Senegal too, but they're, they're, they're always going to be or attempt to be on the front foot in every game they play. Uh, that will make all their yeah, games... Yeah, they're usually fun to watch. That will be, make all of their games very fun to watch. Exactly. Another name that I left off the list but just sprung back into mind is Kaisuke Honda, who's obviously been a big part of World Cup teams in the past for, for Japan. He's a bit older now. <laughs> the, the, the rumors of moves to the MLS have started to creep up Right. Uh, when, you, when you Google him now. But he's still very effective from dead ball situations. They don't really have too many other players. Probably Kagawa is the one that springs to mind that could really take advantage on situations like that. But Japan are a team that I personally think I, I'm a bit higher on them than a lot of others. Uh, when we when we first did our way too early World Cup predictions, I had them to grab the second qualifying spot. So I was pretty high on them from what I'd seen of them in Asia qualifying. But I, I, I've soured on that take a little bit. I'm, I'm still kind of deciding in this moment whether I'm going to pick them to get out of this group or not. They're, they're everyone else's odds on uh, favorite to actually finish bottom of the group. So there's a lot of things that have to go right for Japan to get out of this group. And if you ask most people, most people wouldn't really trust them to have the, like a lot of those things go right. They're going to have to be very efficient with the numerous chances they do create. You won't be able to have any of these games where they create 10 good chances and only take one or two of them. They're going to have to be very good going forward, and they're going to have to get probably a little bit lucky at the back to not concede three or four goals in every single game. Yeah, I mean, this this Japanese team, the last, you know, last three or four World Cups, they've gone to every single one of them, and 
you know, they I think they've gotten out of the group stage a couple times. They've they've looked good um, when they've played, and and in, like you said, in, in Asian World Cup qualifying, like they they usually you know win and easily qualify, and they seem to be a perennial now. Um, you know, they seem to probably be going into the World Cup like South Korea um, from Asia. They, you know, they seem to be the two Asian powerhouses. Um, so I think that, you know, this team has a chance of getting out of this group, like you said. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they get a result like, you know, if they beat Poland 2-0 and everyone's just going to be like, what? Like, that's crazy. But, like, you could see it with, the, with some of the players they have. And, like, they're a very hardworking, disciplined team, um, you know. The, the the whole, you know, kind of like stereotype of like, oh, you know, Asian, hardworking, you know, that's, it actually really... That's does, racist, it, here. It does, it I does... not have that on this podcast. It does come true with, with, you know, with Japan, this team, you know, they'll be running up and down the pitch the whole time and, uh, you know, just, you know, they will, if they lose a game, you know, they'll, they'll never, I don't think we'll see them get blown out. I think it's always going to be close games with them and... You know, if they get out of this group, all props to them. I think that'll be a good, more successful World Cup for them. Um, I don't think they'll make it out, but um, I think that they've, you know, their their team in the last World Cup and in the cup before that were were better. I think that now some of these players, like you said, you know, Yoshida, uh, Yoshida Nagamoto, you know, Kagawa, Okazaki, you know, I think Kagawa's twenty nine, but I, all those other guys are you know in their mid thirties. So this team's been aging for a while now, and um, you know they're going to need to move to probably a more youthful team and and start the process over again. Um, I think this this might be the last um, you know maybe decent tournament that they have in in the next uh, you know for you know eight four to eight years while they rebuild again. I do like the comparison with South Korea. I see where you're coming from. One thing I will give Japan over South Korea though is that. If you look down the team sheet, you may not recognize the vast majority of Japan's names, but if you look at the clubs they're affiliated, it's a whole lot of Bundesliga clubs. Yeah, they're pretty decent. It's it's not like they have a couple players that they're pulling from uh, their own their own league, the J League. But as I mentioned on a previous pod, most of South Korea's team plays in the J League in Japan. Meanwhile, most of Japan's team is playing in Germany, a couple in England, and a couple more in France. Notably, their goalkeeper. Uh, Eiji Kawashima plays for uh, Mets in France. They're they're going to be a fun team to watch. I can't wait to see how they fare. Let's move on to Poland. It's their eighth World Cup appearance. Their manager is Adam Nawalka. Notable players. It all starts and ends with uh, Robert Lewandowski. I don't know about ends. Wojciech Szczesny. He's, he's one of the top goalies in the world. We'll be starting for Juventus next year. Kamil Grosicki. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's some yeah, decent there's some, players, there's some players in, in areas for Poland. What really gets people uh, high on them, probably their recent performances at the Euros. They lost to Portugal yeah, at the last Euros. The Euros right. They lost to Portugal in the knockout in the first knockout round of the last Euros. After going up one nil, they uh, succumbed to Renato Sanchez, uh, a Renato Sanchez bomb. And then a Quaresma goal to win it, but uh, looked very much the better of the two teams uh, for most of that match. They need to get Robert Lewandowski firing early and often because when you, when you're a team that has some quality overall in your first eleven, like Poland do, it's but the vast majority of it up front in the front two positions, namely obviously Robert Lewandowski and Arkadiusz Milik from Napoli. You have to do a lot of work to feed the ball to them in ideal situations for them to take advantage of. Now, that's not 
that's not as tough to do with someone like Lewandowski because he obviously only needs really like half a chance uh, to, to score you a, a goal or two. I don't know. That's not what really happened in that semifinal. Which semifinal? Oh, the... Uh, yeah, he had more than a chance or two, and he didn't score at all, so... Well, actually, uh, you're, he, you're talking about the Champions League against yeah. Real Madrid. He, I, I thought, he's okay... Pretty, he's been he had a disappointing few, these he last had, He had months. a few chances, but I think the bigger criticism of him in those two games was that he kind of shielded himself from the spotlight. He kind of shied away from it, where you didn't see him really, like, hungry to get into dangerous areas and like, trying to score, uh, trying to get the ball to feet in the box in very dangerous areas. And that's the kind of thing he's going to have to be doing to the maximum for a Poland team that will absolutely need him more than that Bayern team do. Obviously, that Bayern Munich team has way more talent in all areas of the pitch. Poland have a few players like uh, Kamil Grosicki or uh, Krozicki, I, I think his uh, name's pronounced, uh, from Hull City, if you remember him from uh, uh, Marco Silva's days at Hull last season. Uh, they have... Piotr Zielinski from Napoli, who's a nice young up-and-coming midfielder who uh, can play in a number 10 role for them. Lukas Piszczek, their right-back, uh, has been playing at Borussia Dortmund for a long time now. There's uh, Blasikowski, who now plays in, I want to say, for Galatasaray, or one of the teams, one of the top teams in Turkey, but played for many years at Werder Bremen. Or was it Wolfsburg? I can't remember. I can't keep track of Blasikowski's career. I think it was career. Werder Bremen. There's a lot to like from this team, as you mentioned Chesney in goal, one of the top keepers in the world. If he Fabianski goes down, is Fabianski backup. is the backup. Plenty of good oh. Polish keepers. The big concern has to be Kamil uh, Glick, their center back. Center back for Monaco. Yeah, just went down hurt. He should be out for out, this World Cup. Out for the World Cup. It's heartbreaking, but... There it is. Those there. You were, you were, you were asking what players <laughs> were going to go down in the warm-up. Yeah. It's been a company and now Glick. I don't even think he went down in the warm-up Yeah, games. it was just training. I think it was just a training injury. Right. I think he did something. I think he like did something stupid in training where... I can't remember what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll find that. But, like, yeah, he'll be out, and he's probably their only real quality center back. The others that spring to mind are Jan Bednarek, who came in late to Southampton's team at the end of this season and played pretty well in a pinch. But other than that, it's a World Cup where Poland will be expected by their fans after previous good showings in uh, tournaments like the Euros and and the World Cup. They'll be expected to get out of this group. Uh, And off the bat, they were my pick when I first saw the groups come out. They were my pick in such an open group to sort of not live up to the well, they to were, the height. They were the uh, they were the head of table everyone wanted, right? They were the they were the they were the only team in pod one that everyone was like, oh, okay, were they like, pot one or Columbia? Yeah, they were pot one. I thought Colombia were pot one. No, and they were pot two. No, they were pot one. Colombia was pot two. Um, so Poland were the one team in pot one that everybody wanted. I remember thinking, oh, I love Poland as our you know as our head of group. Um, so that's why, you know, I think Poland were the weakest team by far in pod one. Um, and you kind of see that in this group with the parity of these teams, right? Um, and I think this Polish team, um, much like the Japanese team, uh, has maybe seen the best of its days in, in previous tournaments. A lot of the teams aged. Um, the team's pretty old now. A lot of players are in their 30s. You know, even Lewandowski, I think, is, you know, 29 or 30 now. So I think that this is going to be their last, you know, big big chance at, at a tournament uh, to try and go far um, but I think it might they might end up being disappointed I uh, you know even though they did really well in World Cup qualifying it, it seems like 
especially like their their fortunes are very reliant on someone like a Lewandowski. And it seems like his head is turned, um, you know, trying to figure out where he's going to be going next season. And and I will say because his head is turned so much at club level, and there's so much. Uh, so you think he shut everybody up in, uh, that's, in international? That's what I'm thinking. Like, the best way to get yourself, it's like to, to force a move for yourself, is to just play your socks off at the World Cup. There's no there's no better way. But like, Bayern would not let him move. go then. Bayern and the type of team are like, no, we're bigger than you, player. You're playing and you're staying. They, they've done that. And think about this. Or they'd sell him for a huge profit. Dortmund, Dortmund didn't want to sell him. Dortmund were just like, yeah, but they're asking for $200 million for him. Bayern are? Yes. Oh, I didn't Lewandowski. But like, no one's going to pay that. I mean, I, that's literally that's the just, first I've heard of it. That's just telling people to get the hell away, you know. Sources tell Javier Revelo that Bayern are asking for $200 million for Robert Lewandowski. Yes, they are. Same thing with Gareth Bale. You know, these are ridiculous prices that people are asking for these players. And thanks, Neymar. You know, you, you <laughs> it wasn't his it fault. It was, a con- it was a contract clause. <laughs> it was... All right. Yeah, I see Poland having some real trouble because they'll be transitioning Mostly from very defensive formations. They'll be sitting pretty deep, I'll imagine, for a lot of these games. They're not really a possession-based team. Also, without Glick, like, he's a big right. player for them. He's huge in allowing them to sit deep and read the game as it's being played in front of them when they don't have possession. And his passing range isn't too bad either to sort of help spring those counterattacks. They just have to be far more efficient on counterattacks uh, than they have been at previous tournaments. Moving on to one of the teams that I think most, it's fair to say, most people are very excited about. Senegal are making their second World Cup appearance. It's their first since 2002. Their manager is Aliou Cisse, uh, and their notable players, you, same with me, Sadio Mane from Liverpool, Keita Balde Giao from uh, Monaco, uh, Kaladou Koulibaly from Napoli, the centre-back, uh, a couple more mid-table Premier League players like Idrissa Gay and Chiku Kuyate and Mare B- Mame Biram Duf uh, from Stoke City. This is just a team that everyone looks at and just thinks to themselves, or thought to themselves, up until the last two weeks or so, God damn, I wish they were in FIFA. I can't remember a game since probably the 2002 World Cup, obviously the last one they were in, where... I remember Senegal being in the game. Like they're just not there, and they obviously have so many, so many great attacking players. The two that jump off the uh, the lineup or the team sheet for you right away are Mane and Balde Jao from uh, Monaco. They usually make up the two wingers in a front three that usually sees Moussa So of uh, Bursaspor playing at center forward. Now, uh, Moussa So is a player who's a big target man of a center forward. He p- was the center forward for Lille when they won the league those two years and played well very yeah, uh, like off 20 of, goals or something. Played well off of Eden Hazard when uh, Eden Hazard was winning player of the year in uh, France all those many, many years ago. It's a good-looking front three. It's a solid-looking midfield anchored by uh, Kouyaté and Idrissa Gay uh, with their ball-winning ability. It's a ni- it's even a nice backline with Koulibaly and Mbaji from Anderlecht, their two center backs. Where I worry for them is just like in wide areas. They have good players. They're not really standing out. Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to be a team that will be able to successfully sit deep and counterattack. Uh, now, when I say that, I mean mostly on the defensive side. They've obviously got plenty of forward players to threaten off the counter with, and I think they'll probably score 
so, uh, one or two goals of the tournament this summer. They're just with the ability to attack at pace and with like ferocious speed, like the likes of Mane and, and Balde Jiao, right. you're going to see a couple of counterattacking goals that you just think, holy shit, how does anyone keep up with that? But in the process, I think they're going to have a porous defensive record, despite those uh, those two center backs I mentioned earlier. They're a sexy pick to come out of this group, and I think there's definitely a scenario where they manage to put it all together and everyone's playing at their best and they somehow win this group. But I think it's far more likely that they succumb to the same uh, fate that many talented African teams have before them, and that's really struggling and ending up not getting out of the group. Yeah, I think that this uh, this team on paper obviously is the best African team and it looks like, you know, if if there's if you're going to pick an African team to get out of the group, this is probably the one that you should pick, but I think in 2002 when they were in the World Cup that the, their first appearance, I think they got out of the group then and they did they did pretty decently in that tournament if I remember. They were they were one of the surprises. So you know, I I think that they're gonna maybe squeak out of this group. I think that they um, they're gonna be a team that other teams don't want to play against because they have a lot of midfield destroyers and a lot of people who you know who who in the Premier League you know like Kuyate and Idrissa uh, Gay who you know you don't want those guys playing against your forwards because, you know, they're going to get hit a few times and they're going to get roughed up. And I think this team this team is going to be, uh, it's going to be, like you said, they're going to score a lot of goals. It's probably going to be back and forth a lot and they'll be fun to watch. You know, I can't wait for this group to start because every game is going to be, you know, edge of your seat. You don't know who's going to win. And, you know, at the end, like, you know, like you said, I think other than Colombia, you know, any of the three other teams could make it out. Um but, what, what are your, your picks? One, yeah, I think one I'm going to go Colombia 1 and Senegal 2. I think Senegal might squeak over uh, over Poland in this. But, you know, like you said, Japan, I mean, everyone's counting them out. But everyone except Alex is counting them out. But I'm going gonna to stick with Japan. I, uh, I don't know why. I just have a good feeling about them going into this. I, I don't – I'm getting bad vibes from Poland and Senegal. Okay. But that being said – this is a group that's so wide open and it's so dependent on which of these teams have a good day or a bad day on whichever game they're playing. I could very easily see every single team in this group have at least three points by the end of it. I, I, like they could all easily each win a game. Right. It's very much in, in the cards. That's not a prediction. I'm just saying that's that's something that could likely happen. And it also leads leaves it very wide open for someone with four points winning this group on goal difference. For such a high-scoring group, I think that favors Japan. Obviously, Senegal have better-looking weapons. Even Poland have better-looking attacking weapons. I just think from a systematic place, from like familiarity of playing together for so many years, like you mentioned, this Japan team is coming to the end of a pretty decent generation of players. But I like their experience, especially at World Cups. And uh, obviously playing as a solid attacking unit against lesser opposition in Asia. They're very comfortable with playing on the ball and exploiting the space that teams like Poland and teams like Senegal are probably going to offer them. I like them to come in second in this group. Colombia go first. I'll say Senegal third and Poland. Poland last. Poland last. That was a prediction that I came out with right when the groups were released, and I had some Polish friends who were not very happy they were not very happy with me. Yeah, I mean that's bold. I don't, you know, you're 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 saying Leo was probably not going to score at all this tournament. Then. Uh, he could score. 
You can score one or two. Yeah. They'll just lose or draw. Right. All right. That's all from us here at the Ghost Goal Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to all of our World Cup group by group previews. If you haven't listened to them all yet, go check them out. I'm going to create a playlist on SoundCloud that has every single one of them, just so it's easier for you guys to find and just bang them all out before the World Cup kicks off next Thursday. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. I have been You can't this, wait. What do you think is going uh, yeah. on with me over uh, here? Javier will probably be on one more pod with us before he uh, jets off over to Russia to uh, follow his Peru. And Paolo Guerrero's back. Believe. Yeah. I'll be taking pictures, maybe sending some sound clips of uh, the stadium if I can, you know, get, get you guys some uh, gold school coverage out in Russia. Well, it'll be good to have a correspondent at the World Cup. For us here at the Ghost Goal, uh, thanks again for listening, and until next time, see ya!